Elizabeth Warren unveils her wealth tax proposal. It sounded nonsensical last year, and it sounds nonsensical this week. The new education secretary thinks education has to be reimagined. I would imagine they should start, our kids should start learning something in this year's school, and I think we talked about it yesterday. In a blockbuster hearing, FBI Chris, Director Christopher Wray unleashes the beast about the January 6th Capitol riots. Just kidding. The hearing was garbage, and we really don't know beans. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. And now, courtesy of the Senate and Senator Elizabeth Warning, uh, Warren, uh, more money, more money, more money. You know the problem with spending a $1.9 trillion uh bill so that you can give 9% of it for COVID relief and spend the rest of it on governmental crap. Well, the government begins to run out of money, and that apparently means that we need to raise taxes so that the government can get more of our money and make our worlds worse. On Monday morning, Elizabeth Warren of uh, Massachusetts, a Democrat from Massachusetts, she decided it was time to come up with a new tax and this is called the Ultra Millionaire Tax. This was also sponsored, this was also um, pushed by represent, Representative uh, Primilla Jayapal of Pennsylvania and Brendan Boyle. And the tax is, surprise, surprise, uh, supported by Bernie Sanders. So this is what would happen. The tax would reportedly place a 2% yearly tax on the net worth of households and trusts above $50 million. Any households and trusts that have a net worth of over $1 billion would have to pay another percent annual surtax. This would leave billionaires with almost an additional 3% tax. Uh, here, listen to Elizabeth Warren on CNBC News because she just sounds absolutely insane and it's kind of like she feels th that she should be doing this. Remember the way that the wealth tax is built. It says if your fortune is below $50 million, nothing. We're not talking to you. If it's above 50 million, your 50 millionth and first dollar, you got to pitch in two cents, two cents for every dollar above that. You hit a billion dollars in assets. You got to pitch in a few pennies more. The nice thing about the way it's set up is we learned from some of the mistakes they made in Europe. So this version of the wealth tax says it covers all of your property. Doesn't matter whether it's held in uh, stock or in real estate or in racehorses, everything is covered. So there's no point in moving property around. Also, wherever you hold it, it is covered, whether you hold it here in the US, whether you hold it in the Cayman Islands. And remember, we are already valuing property. We do it at death. We value all real estate every year for real estate taxes. And valuing stock is not very hard. So I think we've kind of got the, the implementation part of this locked down. God, she's such a terrible freaking human being. I mean, why is it the people that just don't do anything in life, don't create anything, don't hire anyone, they're the ones that think they need to, they have a way of controlling. Okay, there are problems with her program. And one of the questions 
she was asked was, how are you going to implement this thing? Janet Yellen said this was going to be an implementation nightmare, and it is. First off, it's double taxing the rich. The rich already pay a tax on their total income. So if you make, let's just say I make a billion dollars, I'm already paying tax on the entire billion dollars. By saying that every dime over 50 million, I'm getting taxed again, that's basically telling me I'm getting taxed a second time on uh, that 990. Uh, 900, $950 million I'm getting taxed again. So there's a very good chance that I'm... Actually, this is probably not even constitutional because the government can't just double tax you like this. Um, you got to also remember, she acts like these people don't pay taxes, and they do. They pay extor ex exorbitant amounts of taxes. These folks also pay payroll taxes, corporate taxes, property taxes, sales taxes, state taxes, and personal taxes. They're paying, these people are paying their fair share of taxes. Just because we don't like it, that doesn't change the fact that they're actually paying it. She also wants taxes, she wants to tax speculated wealth. This is unheard of. So she says, I want to put a tax on stocks. Well, a stock has no liquid value at all. Property has no liquid value at all. The racehorse she was talking about has no liquid value. In order to have liquid value, you actually have to sell the property, sell the stock, or sell the horse. So you're paying taxes on something that you don't have any money on. This is crap. Uh, basically, what's going to end up happening is somebody who doesn't have any value because all he has is a stock, and the stock may be worth thirty dollars a share, and he may have a million shares. It doesn't change any. It doesn't change the fact that that stock doesn't have any. This also might prove to be unconstitutional because you can't really you can't really charge someone taxes for something they don't have. She wants to tax investments in businesses that are not in this country. Again, I'm not sure this is legal and if the the property or that of value or the money in a foreign country is also taxed, it may be illegal because it's, again, double taxing someone. So, I, I mean, a lot of this bill is just, let's just throw something out there and try and get someone to pay something. That's really what it comes to, comes down to. And one of the things she always says, and she didn't say it in this, but she said it when she was, she keeps saying that the rich pay far less as a percentage in taxes than the lower 99%. So for me, for example, I pay 25% taxes, whereas a lot of rich people, by the way, including Elizabeth Warren, who's not poor, all right, Elizabeth Warren pays, pays less in taxes than I do. Uh, a lot of the rich pay less taxes. Well, yes. They do. Um, they pay less taxes because they have more loopholes to work with because they they do more than I do. When I, th when I do my taxes, I don't go to H&R Block. It's worthless for me to go to H&R Block. I just do it online. It's very easy for my taxes to do because there's nothing complicated. But when you're talking about a businessman who's worth a billion dollars, he's got a lot more of a complicated... Uh, a, a lot more complications in his tax forms, and so he gets a lot more in the way of deductions. So that's not a shock. 
But here's what's not a shock either, and this is the problem with using percentages, is Elizabeth Warren never mentions that the top 10% of earners, those billionaires, pay like 90% of the taxes. So, you know, yes, I may pay a higher percentage. Me and the other 90% of the people may pay a higher percentage of taxes, but we also make up maybe, I think it's like, we make up something like 20% of the tax base, whereas the top 10% earners make up 90%, 80 to 90% of the tax base. So there's there's the problem with using um, using percentages. Yes, Donald Trump probably pays about 18, 19% taxes. He pays that for his business and he pays that personally, but that's because he's worth more and he can get away with it. So, uh, one of the one of the things that uh, Bloomberg Wealth points out what this would mean to these billionaires and trillionaires. So, here's what they say. Bloomberg Wealth points out, Jeff Bezos, the world's richest person, would have to pay an extra tax charge of at least five poor Point billion, 5.4 billion in 2021. Elon Musk would have to pay 5.2 billion. Bill Gates would have to pay an additional 4 billion, and Mark Zuckerberg would have to pay 2.9 billion to cover this tax. You know, she keeps talking about it's only pennies, it's only pennies, it's only pennies because it's not coming out of her wallet. She's not worth 50 million. She's not going to have to pay that tax. When one talks about the actual money people would pay, suddenly it looks like a lot. Talking percentage is what Warren is doing to make it look like it's not much. A couple of pennies per dollar. Well, that's 2%. And the reality is, it actually is a lot of money. I I love it that Elizabeth Warren, Warren, Bernie Sanders, and AOC think they have more business sense to handle the, um, the money of Elon Musk, um then uh, has better has a have better intuition on spending Elon Musk's money. It's just just absolutely incredible. And of course, it really pisses me off because this actually is done to make the country jealous of the rich. But not just the rich. Jealous of people who innovated. I would personally think it would be better if we celebrated these people and not demonized them. Jeff Bezos is rich because he made a product or he created a service that I love. I can get my toilet paper in two days for a better price without actually having a store, going to the store. Elon Musk created the first successful electric car and is helping the United States land on the moon and eventually Mars. Bill Gates created the best business operating system for your computer in the world, and it is all over the world. Mark Zuckerberg invented social media. Oprah Winfrey, and I throw her in there because they were all white men, I figured a black woman would be great, created a media empire from very modest means. These people should be celebrated. They shouldn't be hated, and they shouldn't be, we shouldn't be jealous. If I created Amazon, I should be celebrated too. I should be rich too. But none of these guys became rich because of the government or because someone just handed it to them. But I just think, listen, the government sucks at everything. That includes spending our money. Taxes are immoral. It's legislated 
legislated theft, demonizing people that have made America and the world better is what's immoral in this whole thing. Not that Elon Musk only pays 20 or 25% taxes, which I think is probably BS anyway. Those who keep demonizing these people, those who keep stealing from people, like Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders and Rhea Jayapal and AOC, those are the people that are evil. Those are the people that are going to really have to explain themselves when they stand in front of the Lord one day. Now, we talked about the education system yesterday with yesterday's uh, article that we had about the 17-year-old that passed three classes in four years. And this brings way to Dr. Michael A. Cardona, who is the new education secretary. He was actually confirmed 64 to 33. Uh, now, all the Republicans, all, all 33 were Republicans that didn't confirm this guy. Here's, here's something that amazes me. It was There were 33 Republicans that confirmed this guy. This guy's going to be a disaster for education. Because all he gives a damn about is political correctness and, and making it so the indoctrination of our kids can be, you know, heavier. More so. So, Cardona, when Cardona was, Cardona was nominated, this statement should have been enough to realize, okay, we got to get rid of this guy. Quote, this is what he said, quote, there are no shortages of challenges ahead, no shortage of problems for us to solve, but by the same token, there are countless opportunities for us to seize. We must embrace the opportunity to reimagine education and build it back better. We must evolve it to meet with the needs of our students. I, end quote. I love, I love this. First off, build back better. What a kiss ass. You don't need to use Biden's term to build back better. Come on. How about this? I just want the kids to be able to read, know a little U.S. history, be able to do some math and understand what a cell is. That's basically what our kids should know. Looking at what Biden deemed as his priorities, one can see that, quote, building back better, end quote, and, quote, reimagining education, end quote, means race, race. That's what it means. It means race and transgenders. Cardona has made it very clear during his push through his not nominations. He said this, quote, the American public school system has been phenomenal. However, it also has flaws, Zip code, skin color, in many cases, are still deterrents for success. You know what I think is a measurement of success in our children? That they know math. They know how to read, write, know history, know science, can speak intelligibly. Yeah, I'm weird, and I'm also a white supremacist because I believe in all that stuff, remember? Cardona is just another who is more concerned about the narrative of race and equity. That's all he is. Education, you know, kids knowing things, is secondary. They have to know the right things first, and then the important STEM-based things second. He's also jerking off the teachers' union, which is something he's been doing since he got, which is something Biden's been doing since he got elected. Senator Tim Scott thinks the same thing, which is why he didn't vote for uh, Cardona. Tim Scott said, quote, unfortunately, it is not a Connecticut, it is, it is not this Connecticut policies, that's where Cardona's from, Connecticut, 
that he will be championing as championing as Biden's education chief. It is the president's union-focused progressive policies. If Cardona follows the Biden plan to pit teacher unions against parents and students, our kids will never get the education they truly deserve. No kidding. And that's exactly why our kids are not in schools right now. In an interview with Connecticut Public Radio, WNPR, in January, Cardona said he was totally in support of Biden's plan to call can, uh, call Congress to cancel $10,000 of student debt for borrowers, of which 1% in every, one in every five is in default. So he's for taxpayers paying for everything again. Oh, so this guy is just a pure politician. And what does this character think about transgender transgender boys or girls running against regular girls? Biological boys running against biological girls? Well, guess what? Rand Paul, who also didn't vote for him, he asked that simple question. And of course, this is there's no such thing as a simple answer with this stuff. Do you think it's fair to have boys running in the girls' track, mate? I think it's appropriate for, it's, I think it's, it's the legal responsibility of schools to provide opportunities for students to uh, participate in activities, and this includes students who are transgender. So you don't have a problem then with boys running in the girls' track meet, swimming meets, name it. You, you're okay then with boys competing yeah, with girls? Respectfully, Senator, I think I answered the question. I believe schools should offer the opportunity for students to engage in extracurricular activities, even if they're transgender. I think that's their right. You know, you can tell a policy is bad when someone asks a question like, should boys be allowed to run against girls? And you never get an answer. This happened with the uh, health secretary or deputy health secretary who was a transgender and he wouldn't answer it. So whatever these they just know these are stupid ideas and people do not support them this guy is going to push the left's narrative onto our students he's going to continue to push the left's narrative onto our students because the left's narrative is already being pushed onto our students i'm sure nothing in the schools is going to change as far as education goes kids are not going to learn anything i mean we are going to have the dumbest kids in the world and we're already getting there right now our kids will continue to get indoctrinated into the left's belief system. And I'll continue to, and for me, this is a big deal. I'll continue to tell you, get your kids into some sort of private school or uh, uh, charter school or homeschool. But what amazes me is that there were Republicans that actually voted for this guy. And I just don't understand that. So Christopher Ray uh, was on Capitol Hill in the, uh, I can't remember if he was in the Senate or on the House, um, but whatever. He was actually discussing January 6th, uh, which, you know, that was the day that a bunch of Trump supporters or far-right activists decided to riot inside of the U.S. Capitol. Now, I wasn't sure exactly what we'd hear out of this thing. We really didn't hear too much. Um, so Ray basically said, uh, when he was asked about domestic terrorism, Ray said, quote, the problem of domestic terrorism has been metastasizing across the country for a long time now, and it's not going away anytime soon. Um, 
In some cases, it seems like people are coming up with their own sort of customized belief systems, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and they put together, maybe combined with some personal grievance or something that's happened in their lives, trying to get uh, your arms around that is the real challenge. Well, uh, that is, that's true. Now, when we talk about when we talk about QAnon, which supposedly that's where this riot came from, these are these guys are kind of crazy. When we talk about Antifa, those guys are kind of crazy. Black Lives Matter, those guys are kind of crazy. It gets hard to figure out what they're gonna do, and that's a problem the FBI is having is trying to figure out okay, what are these guys going to do next? As you may have known, yesterday was supposed to be inauguration day, which is the QAnon's inauguration day. All sorts of security was up in arms yesterday, and guess what happened? Absolutely nothing. So this is the problem the FBI is going through. Um, Currently, the FBI said they're investigating over 2,000 open domestic terrorism investigations. Now, contrary to what a lot of people are saying, I did listen to some of this, um, it isn't he was saying there is left and there is right domestic terrorism. That's not what he said. He was talking about terrorism in general terms. Uh, Of course, the left and the right, they went their own ways. Dick Derman, a Democrat from Illinois, asked him or said, for too long, a federal, our federal government has failed to address the growing terrorism menace in our own backyards, calling the rioters on January 6th, the latest incarnation of a violent white supremacist movement that has terrorized fellow Americans. Ray said uh, that he viewed a lot of the defendants, there are about 300 folks that were arrested, as uh, he viewed them in three different ways. He viewed one was the person that got basically carried away and went into the Capitol riots. He said those were the majority of the people that walked into the Capitol building. And for the most part, those folks weren't violent. They weren't destroying things. They just got carried away and basically were trespassing. He said that a lot of the people, when you saw the the police talking, it was these people they were talking to. It wasn't the violent folks. He said then there were the people that were actually just got angry and angrier and angrier. And then when they got into the building, they didn't stop and they started attacking. He said these people were very, um, these people were the second highest level. And they did do some damage, though they did not come with any weapons. And finally, he said the third, those were the folks that actually planned this whole thing. And he said there probably weren't a lot of people that actually planned this thing. They were the smallest group altogether. They came with uh, weapons and with intent and with plans. So it, it wasn't a lot of that. Several Republicans decided to point out about Antifa and BLM. Uh, and they tried, and they pointed out that though white supremacy is terrible in evil. It is hardly the only example of domestic terrorism. Um, a lot of the folks, uh, Ray, Christopher Ray, basically said, well, yeah, there is. There's Antifa terrorism. There's, he said there's left and right-based terrorism. He didn't say which one was more pre- prevalent than the other. He just said there is left and right terrorism. 
Chuck Grassley from Iowa said, A narrow view of these matters would be intellectually dishonest. We're not serious about tackling domestic extremism if we only focus on white supremacy movements, which isn't the only ideology that's responsible for uh, murders and violence. Fact track, true. We really can't focus on a single domestic terrorist group. We have multiple in this country. That's what Ray basically said. Ray did say there was no evidence that there was anyone from the left wing, from any left wing terrorist groups. Uh, There's no evidence of it. He also said there was no evidence that uh, there was no evidence that anyone who entered the building actually had a weapon. He talked about Brian Sicknick, who was the Capitol officer who had died. He said that um, this was the one where the, the media said that he was hit over the head with a fire extinguisher, and that turned out not to be true. He wouldn't talk about what killed Setnik. Now, Set, Sidnik's mother did say it was a stroke. He did get hit in the head, but it was a stroke that actually killed him. And she didn't say what he got hit in the head in. But doesn't matter. Ray didn't say anything about that. So there wasn't a lot he talked about in this whole thing. It was a BS hearing. The Democrats tried to make it all about the scourge of white supremacy. The Republicans wanted this to be about Antifa and BLM and about how Nancy Pelosi called off the Capitol Police. Ray didn't bite on any of it. He just sat back and said, this is what I can tell you and this is what I know. That's it. No answers. Once again, this was just basically a lot of political posing and a huge waste of time and money. Does this sound like something I've said before? I also want to point out, and I'm not going to talk about it today because it just passed last night. Um, Bill HR1 passed. That's the new voting rights law. We're going to talk about that one on Monday, probably to some extent. It is just absolutely awesome. You'll love this. But first, before we go, and you, we all have a great weekend, we got to talk about cancellations of the week so here they are first and a big one and actually actually quite serious dr seuss first six books have been pulled from the shelves and cannot be sold on ebay that happened today ebay started pulling customers who were selling those six books it's been determined that dr seuss's books are not racially sensitive dr seuss you have been The Washington football team, formerly the Redskins, have replaced their cheerleaders with male-female dance teams. Washington Redskin cheerleaders, because I can't seriously call them the Washington football team. You have been Conservative actress Amanda Ensing has been banned from Twitter for supposed copyright violations violations. Amanda Ensing, you are hot and you are canceled. Finally, there is nothing, no better way to celebrate Black History Month than take down one of the only black justices on the Supreme Court's uh, autobiography from PBS. Amazingly, they still have Anita Hill's uh, biography on PBS from PBS. So Amazon has taken down the documentary about Clarence Justice Clarence Thomas because, well, no one really knows. 
It just happened during Black History Month. Justice Clarence Thomas, you have been canceled. All right, so today's podcast went a lot better today. That's why, because I have not been recording myself. And the reason I haven't recorded myself is I messed it up yesterday. So I wanted to figure out what I did wrong. So you can uh, download or you can follow me on Patreon at Dumbasses Talking Politics. You can follow me on Rumble at Dumbasses Talking Politics. You can follow me on Twitter at RunninFool, R-U-N-N-I-N-F-E-W-L. You can download or listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, Rumble, and YouTube. Uh, you can visit my website at www.dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. I actually got a, I have a ton of links on that uh, in that uh, post. You wanna, might want to take a look at it. I hope you folks have a great weekend. This is Gene, and you've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Mm-hmm.